The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein. Skin care and plastic surgery are hot topics these days. Let Dr. Rubenstein answer your questions and explain what you'll want to look for in aesthetic products and cosmetic procedures. Get ready for a discussion about all things aesthetic. Now, live from Miami, Florida, American Board Certified Plastic Surgeon, Dr. Adam Rubenstein. Welcome to New Reflections. We've got a good show for you this week. We had a show two weeks ago on surgical weight loss. We were talking about having a gastric bypass, a lap band surgery, a gastric sleeve. You learned all about those options. But there's a lot of people that can do well without going the step of having surgery. This week's show is called Drop the Knife, Medical Weight Loss. And we're going to be speaking with a panel of experts that can tell us all about some great ways to achieve weight loss without having to have surgery. Uh, joining us this week are going to be Wendy Sinta. Dr. Wendy Sinta is uh, board certified in family medicine and in bariatric medicine. She's going to speak to us about bariatric medicine and some of the ways that you might choose to help yourself lose some weight. Then after Dr. Sinta, we'll be joined by Dr. Craig Premack. Dr. Premack is board certified in internal medicine, pediatrics, and bariatric medicine. He'll add to that discussion about bariatric medicine, maybe talking a little bit about the very popular HCG diet. What's the story with that? We're going to learn about that in just a little while. And then rounding out the show, we have Jim White joining us, who is a registered dietitian and a health fitness expert. And he's going to uh, add to the mix the idea of getting good diet and good exercise plans, where that role should be, what some of the best things you can do for yourself might be. And we're going to get into the whole discussion about weight loss. And why is weight loss such a popular topic. Well, we talked about this a couple of, of weeks ago. Over 60% of the population of the United States is overweight. In fact, going further, about half of those people, about 30% of the total population, are considered obese. Worse yet, almost 20%, almost one-fifth of our children in the United States are considered obese. This is a significant problem. It's something that people are really sensitive to, and for good reason. Obesity is one of the leading causes of death. When you look at all the things that obesity relates to, it probably is the leading cause of death, more so than smoking or other bad habits. When you group together all the things that obesity can lead to, things like high blood pressure, diabetes, uh, asthma complications, all sorts of things that obesity can relate to. Now, weight loss is big business. When you look at how much money is spent on weight loss annually in the United States, it's approximately $58 billion. That's big business. And we're talking about things like uh, books that will help you learn more and medical weight loss programs, even surgery 
all expenses, all things paid, $58 billion get spent on products and services related to weight loss. It's big business, but it's a big problem. So we're going to try today to talk to you about ways that you can help yourself lose the weight without having to go to the step of surgery. Let me bring my first guest on the air. I'd like to introduce Dr. Wendy Sinta. Dr. Sinta is board certified in family medicine and in bariatric medicine, and we're very happy to have her on the show. Dr. Sinta, welcome to New Reflections. Thank you, Adam. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm so glad to have you on the show. You know, medical weight loss, we, we all know about surgical weight loss now. We talked about it just a little while ago. And uh, it seems like a great option for some people, but it, I think even the surgeons agree, trying to lose the weight through more natural uh, means without surgery is the better idea if you can manage it. What exactly is medical weight loss? So medical weight loss is a, a comprehensive approach to weight loss that involves medical monitoring, nutritional modification, exercise, and behavioral modification. And a good medical program is run by an obesity specialist, otherwise known as a bariatrician. So you consider yourself a bariatrician? So I'm a bariatrician, and um, one of your next guests, Dr. Premack, is as well. And we are doctors who specialize in the treatment of obesity and its related conditions. Usually we're board certified in another field. I'm a family practitioner as well. And then we get a second boarding in medical weight loss or bariatrics through the American Society of Bariatric Physicians or the American Board of Bariatric Physicians. So we really... I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. I was going to say, this is an important thing. I mean, it's important. We're all about board certifications in this show. I'm a board-certified plastic surgeon, and we, we frequently talk about being properly certified. And what you're saying about the American Society of Bariatric Medicine is very important. You know, is this, some, this is something that you really need to spend time learning about and specializing in? This isn't something that the average family doctor or internist might do well dabbling in, is it? Well, it, it just, you can get started. I mean, I could have started doing these things as a family practitioner, but I really couldn't do justice to the art of weight loss, I think, until I became a bariatrician and really understood the complexities of it and, and all the little pieces that are part of the equation to long-term weight loss. So looking so, for someone who's certified by the American Society of Bariatric Medicine is a very good idea. I feel so. And um, it, if you go to their website, asbp.org, and locate a physician, all the board-certified physicians across the country are listed there. We actually have an international group now as well. So it's becoming uh, very popular and obviously very important, as you mentioned. Well, so, you know, it's a worldwide problem, and certainly here in the U.S. It's, it's epidemic, really. Obesity is epidemic. So medical weight loss, you mentioned a lot of different components that go into it. Where does a person start? So I, I think you really have to, a person has to be motivated to be um, to be involved in any particular weight loss process. I think um, one of the things we feel as bariatricians is if you, if you have someone who is dragged into your office from, you know, a friend or uh, 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 someone who's their loved one, it, it, they're not going to be successful. So first of all, you have to have your head in the game. And then the second step is to, is to really do some digging and look around and see who are, who are the people that are the experts in your area. And once you have it, uh, get in and, and do and interview the doctor. Most of us actually allow people to come in and interview us without paying a penny just to sort of get a sense of what we do and who we are and, um, and the types of techniques we use to help them with their weight loss pr processes. So it's really no different from choosing any other specialist, certainly choosing a plastic surgeon. I always encourage patients to see two or three of us at least and, and get some sense. But then once you, you get an idea, okay, I've got the doctor I'd really like to go see, how does that process begin? What's the first step someone goes through? 
So usually um, most of us will do a, a complete physical, and we really we call it a bariatric physical because we're really focused on what are the causes of this obesity in this particular patient. And we look at it from all four of those arms we were talking about, the medical aspect. Is there perhaps an underlying disease process here that we just have not um, gotten our fingers on uh, through the medical field? And then um, also just what are the behavioral pieces that are part of the equation? Is there depression? Is there you know, um, a history of abuse that's huge in the obesity field. Is there um, a, a, just a, a general overeating problem? Is there insulin resistance, which could cause an overeating problem? Do they just not ho- know how to eat appropriately? And do they hate to exercise? Have they always hated to exercise? Do they over-exercise and under-eat? There's so many little pieces to the puzzle. But the very first step would be to get them in and come in and, and get that bariatric physical and then really start to uh, put a plan together. We have um, equipment that we use that, that help us to determine not only how much weight should that person lose, but how fast they'll be able to, to lose it based on their metabolism. So you're going to get some really interesting scientific ways of showing uh, the patient, you know, here's how fast you'll lose and here's how much you need to lose. That's and interesting. So, so you see someone, you're getting a sense for their history. You, you know if they have any medical problems. Obviously, uh, some of the common things, having low thyroid or hypothyroidism can really play into a difficult time losing weight. Uh, and there are other metabolic diseases that may slow things down or make it difficult for you to shed the pounds. And, you know, the behavioral things you mentioned, depression being huge, uh, as uh, uh, getting someone a lack of motivation to really lose the weight, all of that plays an, an important role. But then you're, you're actually getting into physical qualities of the person. You can predict how fast they're going to lose the weight and even, you know, we all talk about goal weight and these are kind of calculated norms and and I've always felt that you can't give a perfect weight given a certain height and and general body frame across the board. I think everyone really is individual and and you might have someone who's just a real thick, heavy frame where at, at a weight that may be very healthy and good for them, they may be considered overweight. So, how are you determining where someone should be? And I, I'm really intrigued. How do you figure out how fast they're going to get there? So um, we have two pieces of equipment that are that are paramount to bariatricians, and one is a, a body composition analysis. And basically what that is, it's a scale that does um, uh, sends a signal through the body and breaks the body up into fat, muscle, and water. So it's absolutely right what you said. A BMI is such a poor predictor of obesity because, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger would have a huge BMI when he was in his greatest weightlifting times, and he would be considered probably, you know, morbidly obese, but he just had a lot of muscle. And so you really have to look and see what is the fat percent and how many pounds of fat are there and how many pounds of fat do you need to actually get you to a healthy weight goal because it's the fat that drives the disease, as you know. Right, right. And, that you know, that's important for anyone listening. You, you can look this stuff up online and you can calculate your BMI or body mass index, and it's a rough estimate based upon height and your current weight and your your gender, you know, whether you're male or female. But that number is pretty arbitrary when you're looking from individual to individual. It certainly is ideal if you take a sample of the entire population across the board. It certainly would be great to have everyone at that weight and would be healthy, a healthy goal for everyone. But it, it may not be a realistic goal depending upon how you're built and how, how muscular or, or not you may be. So... This is an important thing. Don't get caught up in the information you might find online, these quick calculations and these quick tools that give you some guidance because it may be very frustrating for you. And that's one of the benefits to having a professional 
that specializes in bariatric medicine to guide you through this weight loss. Okay, so now we, we have some sense. By doing all the calculations, you get a much more accurate uh, idea of what's going on by doing a body composition analysis. And so now you know where they stand. Right. How can you say how fast they're going to lose it? So we also do something called um, a resting calorimetry. And that's um, a, a little machine that you breathe into, and it actually determines your CO2 output. And b based on that, it will determine what your resting metabolic rate is. And then through some calculations, we can say, okay, you're burning this many calories in a day, and if we put you on this caloric diet and you eat at this interval, um, then you should lose X pounds a week. Now, that's pretty amazing. So you get a sense just – and that's, that's estimating really just based upon – your normal everyday activity, because if you're taking a resting level, you're just e extrapolating that through the uh, through the time of the day. So, if you add exercise into the mix, you may actually accelerate that. Right. So what I always do is I always um, shoot low. I'll say here's the here's the least you could lose. If you add some exercise to it, and you you know you you still stay within your nutritional requirements. One problem that can happen is if you add too much, then you get hungrier, and, and then you increase your caloric intake, and then the the numbers don't make sense anymore. But add enough to keep yourself moving, burn some calories off, keep your hunger under control, and that will make it even better. It, it really is pretty incredible. So you can give someone a sense for where they should be personally. And, and get some idea so they don't get frustrated how long it's going to take them to get to that point with realistic goals. So now, right. now we have the plan. How do you put the package together? Because you're not just sending them off with some sense, okay, go ahead and eat 1,200 calories a day, and you're going to be great in two months. I mean, that's not really how it all goes, right? There, there's other pieces to the puzzle. Right. So I think the, the very first thing um, that we do when, when we – so we'll see them for their physical, bring them for their follow-up, review their blood work – I very rarely don't have something that I need to treat, whether it's a vitamin D deficiency, which is very common in uh, the obese population, or uh, an undiagnosed prediabetes or insulin resistance. There's, there's usually something there that requires treatment. So that's usually done in that first visit. Another thing, too, is something we do as bariatricians is let's look at the meds that that, that patient is on, and is there something there that could be substituted with something that would be less weight gaining, or is there something that they have that is, is not being treated um, as effectively as it could with, a, you know, with another modality? So going through the med list and really looking and seeing, working, of course, with their primary care doctor uh, to make sure that their meds are optimally uh, controlled for them to, to be successful at weight loss. And then once you have that done, you really sit down with them and say, you know, in our case, I use meal replacements because I find them to be very helpful. Well, how much of this do you want to do from a nutrition standpoint that will require meal replacements, and how much do you want to do that is just regular old everyday food? Um, the more real meal replacements you have, the easier it is to, to uh, gain compliance, and so that's really a useful tool in the nutrition piece. So and meal replacements, you're, you're talking about uh, things like uh, nutrition bars or other types of supplement meals? Right. Supplement meals, again, they're medically monitored. Most of the ones that we use can only be sold by a physician um, or given to you by a physician. And um, they're really just a package of food to sustain you for three hours. That's the best way to think about it. And if I know that they burn X calories a day, I can say, okay, if I put you on this meal replacement diet and you get everything in, you should maintain your muscle mass, you should lose the excess fat, and you should lose this quickly. And so um, that is an element of the nutritional piece. Most of us have a nutritionist that will actually sit down with the patients, look at what they know, look at what they're interested in, and really form that plan. 
Yeah, I think we're going to get to that a little bit later in the show. I'm interested to see what uh, Jim White has to say about the meal replacements and the role he thinks it might take, and maybe even just making great choices in the foods you eat. We're, we're really getting into this now. We take a short commercial break. When we come back, we'll be joined by Dr. Craig Premack and uh, really get further into this world of bariatric medicine and medical weight loss. So we'll be right back after this short break here on New Reflections. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. Cosmetic surgery is a big deal. Make sure you do your homework. Why? This is not my car I'm working on. I may settle for an okay job on that, but I won't settle for anything less when it comes to my body. Do your homework. My doctor trained with world-renowned plastic surgeons. My doctor is a fully board-certified plastic surgeon. My doctor is an MD and on staff at several Florida hospitals. My doctor is an associate professor of surgery at a major university. My doctor is Adam Rubenstein. People pick a doctor based on trust. You can trust Dr. Rubenstein. He has the experience, knowledge, and artistic touch you're looking for. Call 305-792-7575. That's 305-792-7575. Call today for a free consultation. Dr. Adam Rubenstein, Turnberry Plastic Surgery at Biscayne Boulevard in the William Lehman Causeway, where medicine meets artistry. My doctor is Adam Rubenstein. Are you ready to grow your business? Listen for the Independent Business Owners Show with your coach, Rick Carrado. This entertaining talk radio program will bring you the tools to help increase your business. You'll learn sales success, time management, lead generation, business development, life balance, and much more. Rick Carrado is here to help you take your business to the next level. Listen for the Independent Business Owners Show, heard live every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Network. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein. If you have a question or comment for the host or this week's guests, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You can also send an email to info at dr-rubenstein.com. That's info at dr-rubenstein.com. Now, back to New Reflections. Welcome back to the show. We're having a great discussion on medical weight loss, and I'd like to introduce our second guest. We've just been speaking with Dr. Wendy Sinta, and now I'd like to introduce Dr. Craig Premack. Dr. Premack is board-certified internal medicine, pediatrics, and bariatric medicine, certainly a, a broad expertise, and we're really happy to have him and, and privileged to have him on the show. Dr. Premack, welcome to New Reflections. Thanks for having me. Good morning. Uh, it, Good morning, good morning. Well, we've, we've just been talking with Dr. Sinta about the process of medical weight loss. And one thing that we were getting into just as we went to break, well, we had mentioned that they're going to do some blood testing and try and diagnose some other things that may be contributing, some of the health considerations in an individual patient that may make weight loss a challenge or may have contributed to their becoming overweight or obese. In your practice, Tell us the typical blood tests you're doing and what you're looking for. Sure. 
We do a series on everyone um, of about seven blood tests, uh, including an EKG. They include something uh, called a comprehensive metabolic panel, and that is a quick screen for diabetes. We're looking at kidney function, at liver function, and someone's electrolytes, making sure their sodium and potassium and, and labs like that are good. We look at a test called the hemoglobin A1C, which is, um, which is a better screen for long-term check of blood sugars to look for prediabetes and for diabetes. We look for uh, thyroid testing to make sure someone isn't hypo or so low thyroid or, or high thyroid. We do a CBC, uh, which is complete blood count, and that looks for anemia and other problems with white blood cells or red blood cells. A urinalysis to make sure there isn't any other uh, problems that we can see with the kidneys, and then something called a uric acid test. An uric acid test is going to look for gout, and as someone gets on a restricted diet, uh, if they're on the borderline for having gout, that could uh, trigger it to be a little bit worse. And then an EKG to make sure that their heart is doing well at baseline and something always to compare to. Well, that, that's a great grounding. I think it's a good way to get a snapshot of where they stand. There, we've had some guests on the show that have talked about some uh, biomarker testing and some uh, sensitivity testing. I, I wonder how you two feel about tests like the Biophysical 250, if you're familiar with it, or uh, the ALCAT testing. Uh, Dr. Okay. Sinta, uh, your Al thoughts? Oh, I'm sorry. The ALCAT is for, um, I guess I'm not familiar. One is for allergies well, to foods? Yeah, the ALCAT is, is allergy and food sensitivity and other sensitivity right. testing. Do you guys ever use those type of things? I do not. Uh, I don't not use that either. We've looked at a lot of studies, and I haven't seen any studies showing that there's a big difference uh, in when you use particularly those things in, in conjunction with diet as far as the amount of weight loss. Okay. So for weight loss, not such a big impact. I know we use them uh, just for general health, and certainly the biophysical 250 is one of those things that's uh, more of an anti-aging and general wellness uh, testing. So we're getting a snapshot with the basic labs. And we were talking about, of course, doing a great physical, getting a good sense for where the, the patient is at the moment, making a plan that will be an achievable plan for the future and the, with their weight loss and knowing where we're trying to get them and how fast we can get them there. But we were talking about meal replacements and trying to get them on some sort of an exercise plan to help complement just their daily uh, caloric consumption. And what we haven't gotten to are pharmacologic or medication additives. Do you use medications in your practice, Dr. Premack? Yes, we sure do. You know, I think of medicines in two levels. One is to make sure that the medicines you're on are not causing any problems, and the other is to see if there are other medications, if you need them, that would help you to uh, help take and or keep the weight off. So, yes. Okay, so obviously in analyzing the medications is something we talked about earlier, but now when we're, when we're thinking about adding medications to their regimen, what type of medications are you thinking about? Uh, there is a whole slew. There are some that we call the, the appetite suppressants. Uh, many of them have been around since the 1950s, and that include phentermine and dialthopropion. Um, those are, are really called the stimulant medicines. Uh, there are some people who use metformin. Uh, Off-label use of something called Topamax, which is a seizure drug that's been shown very well to take weight off. Uh, and then there's things that are still now over-the-counter. Uh, used to be Zenical, which is now Ally. Uh-huh. And if, I'm, if I remember correctly, that inhibits their ability to absorb the fat, so it decreases the amount of dietary fat that comes into their body? 
Correct. It cuts down uh, by a significant percentage the amount of fat that's absorbed by the body. So, in, in essence, you, you malabsorb it, and unfortunately, the major side effect of that one is a uh, messy diarrhea. Uh, for lack of <laughs> Not very pleasant. Uh, I think if, if you can avoid using something like Ally and get good results without it, you're probably going to have a little bit better day-to-day lifestyle. Um, so, one thing I'm interested in, you know, Fen-Fen was a fad, I don't know, 10 years ago, and all the heart and blood pressure complications really took it out of favor. How is what we're doing today different from those Fen-Fen scares we had? So Fen-Fen was a combination of two drugs, Fenfluramine, which went off the market in 1997, and Fentermine. Uh, the joke and the seriousness of it is through all the scrutiny where they took Fenfluramine off the market, uh, we looked, uh, not we ourselves, but medical society as well as lawyers look very closely at Fentermine, and we've been able to unable to find any problems with its long-term use. And so still, I would say, across the world, the number one used appetite to the present would be fentermine, getting all the benefits of the weight loss without the side effects that came from the fenfluramine. Great. Well, so if you just shorten fen-fen to fen, it seems to be pretty safe. Correct. It and, is very effective. I'm sorry, without, yeah, without the, the, the side effects that, that caused all the controversy. Now, uh, is that the same type of thing people would call a fat burner? Um, I don't, I would not particularly call that a fat burner per se. Um, it works in the brain and on really two ways. It makes you a little more full on the food that you eat and uh, also decreases the drive to eat more food also. So it really just suppresses your desire to, to eat food. Yes. Most people will describe it as when they finish their current meal, they're not already looking for their next meal. That's what I hear most commonly on people. It doesn't cause a lot of side effects the first three day, few days. Some people have a little insomnia. Uh, and after about the third day, uh, it is not very uncommon to have any side effects that persist. Interesting. Okay. And Dr. Sinta, you're also using uh, fentamine or other medications like that? I, I honestly couldn't run my practice without fentamine. It is such a great drug to help um, maintain weight loss. It really works beautifully. We've had some folks... Um, in my practice that have lost in excess of 200 pounds. And um, it's hard wow. to keep that off with exercise alone. But if you can add something like fentermine, it really helps sort of um, get their set point to a different range where they can maintain that weight loss beautifully. And it also helps with folks who, who get stuck when you start to plateau for one reason or another. Um, it's very helpful. I love that drug. Um, <laughs> Diethylpropion is, um, is a shorter acting version of fentermine. Um, and it's nice for people who just have a specific four- to six-hour window where they're having issues. I use that as well. I really like Topamax, which is one of the drugs Dr. Premack um, mentioned, which has been very well studied in binge eating disorder, and um, you see binge eating disorder quite commonly in uh, obesity, and if you can get that under control with uh, Topamax, you really have uh, someone who is very successful long-term. Interesting. Okay, well, now we're talking about all these medications, and it certainly sounds like there's a solid role, and you're selecting this individually. So as patients come in, wherever their problems lie, you're applying the right medications for, for their particular needs. There's something out there. We were talking about FenFen being a fad, but we have a new fad that really is popular. I, I can tell you a lot of my patients come to me after having tried or been on successfully this HCG diet. Uh, and to my understanding, we really don't know the mechanism that this is supposed to use to help lose weight. And uh, patients ask me, you know, Doc, 
should I try that HCG diet to try and lose weight before surgery or, or what have you? And I can't really recommend it. I don't recommend against it. I said, look, we don't know enough about it. I think the jury is out. I wouldn't want my family members using it because the part of the jury being out is we don't know what the long-term side effects may be. Uh, Dr. Premack, I understand this is something that's near and dear to you. So, yes, I have been a supporter. The American Society of, of Bariatric Physicians has had a position statement against the, the HCG diet for a couple of years now. And I spoke at, at a conference about a year ago supporting the statement. So I had to go through all the literature and really figure out what's going on. To, to sum it up in, in a few minutes, uh, this diet is nothing new. It actually started in the 1950s by a physician named uh, Dr. Simeons, who was in Italy. And he treated people with very low-calorie diets, about 500 calories, uh, which consisted of about two chicken breasts per day, two servings of salad, an apple, and kind of as way-back toast kind of thing, and then a lot of water and salt. And it seems like if you did that, you'd be losing weight anyway. So that actually is what has been proven. So he also, at that same time, were giving people injection of HCG. HCG is human chorionic gonadotropin, which is really the hormone that women have when they're pregnant. Uh, the normal pregnancy test that measures for a subunit of the HCG. Uh, way back in the 1950s, we didn't know what ketosis uh, is. Ketosis is the breakdown of fat products that uh, kind of the Atkins diet is based on, and that decreases appetite. Uh, so when he gave this diet that really had very low carbohydrate, so that fat was the, mo- the major breakdown product, people were losing a lot of weight and were not hungry. And he didn't, we didn't know uh, in medical science that that was called ketosis, and he blamed it on the shot. Uh, many studies have been done. There was one study done in the early 1960s that showed that, yes, it did work in a blinded fashion. When we like to look at studies, as you know, we want to see them uh, randomized, controlled, and double-blinded. So the people taking the drug and, and looking to see the effects of it, neither know who's on the drug. And uh, when we look at it that way, Time and time again now, we cannot prove that ACG is doing anything more than a placebo. So just a starvation diet uh, was the initial effect, the initial uh, program that someone was put on. It really probably was the reason they lost weight. HCG got linked to it. And so now since the, the 60s, HCG has been around. And we even to, to this point, with modern literature, we don't have any evidence that the HCG is, in fact, doing anything. Correct. It's been studied at least 14 times in a, in a great way since the 1960s, and none of them have proven the HCG is doing anything more than the low-calorie diet. So, actually, in 1974, the Food and Drug Administration came out and said, if you're going to use HCG for weight loss, your patients have to sign a waiver saying that we don't think it's anything more than placebo. And the diet stopped, uh, it went away. Until about 2007, when a gentleman named Kevin Trudeau had an infomercial about a, a diet plan that he believed was the cure to, to weight loss, and that kind of brought HCG back to the forefront. Unfortunately, the, the Federal Trade Commission then fined him for false advertising of over $37 million. But, uh, <laughs> well, you know, we've had, we've had a couple of discussions on this show. We had uh, uh, a discussion about fraudulent advertising. We talked about the lifestyle lift on a two-part episode that we did. So uh, certainly my listeners are familiar with the power of advertising and marketing and how it can really make something that might not be true seem like common knowledge. And, you know, and we see it all over. I'm sure you have it in your town. HCG billboards everywhere. 
the HCG is the, is the biggest fad diet right now. Even so, the, all those other studies were done on the injected form of HCG. There has actually been zero studies published on the the oral form of HCG. And when you really talk to people who know about absorption, we don't even think that if you took HCG orally, the molecule was small enough to get into the bloodstream as it is. So, yeah, pure placebo. But hey, you know, if, if someone gives it a whirl and they think it works for them, as far as I'm concerned, that's just as good as, uh, as any other method as long as you're getting to your goal. But I certainly, as a doctor, and from what it sounds like uh, today on the show, it's not something to be medically recommended. No, we wouldn't medically recommend it. And I would tell you, uh, I probably would see about 30 or 40% of my patients in the last year have been on that diet. And the common theme is, yes, I've lost 20 or 30 pounds and I've gained back 20 or 30 pounds plus interest, which is the going theme. Yeah, it's just hard to maintain when the, you, know, you get the initial boost, I guess, from the placebo effect, thinking it's going to be working for you. And then away it goes when reality finally catches up. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue our discussion about medical weight loss and get into a few more questions relating to how you can lose weight without having surgery. Join us in just a few minutes here on New Reflections. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Do you need directions to solve financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein. If you have a question or comment for the host or this week's guests, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You can also send an email to info at dr-rubenstein.com. That's info at dr-rubenstein.com. Now, back to New Reflections. Well, welcome back to the show. We've been talking this week on New Reflections with Dr. Wendy Sinta and Dr. Craig Premack. They are both experts in bariatric medicine, helping hundreds if not thousands of people shed thousands of pounds and doing it without surgery. Oh, 
speaking of surgery, one thing we haven't talked about is, you know, is there a point where you look at someone and say that, gee, maybe you ought to consider having surgery? Dr. Premack, when do you think there's a role for surgery? Uh, there is a role to at least discuss surgery. I think when someone has about 150 pounds or more to lose. That being said, surgery uh, in conjunction with medical weight loss is, at that point is probably the better thing. We are seeing more and more people who've had both the Roux and Y, what we call the gastric bypass, or the lap band, who have not lost all of the weight that they need to lose or, or wanted to lose, and so that we're adding medical weight loss on top of that. Interesting. Yeah, because, you know, when people go for surgical weight loss, there is a component that should be medical monitoring and, in some cases, I guess, some pharmacologic uh, support. And I, it seems to me this might be a great marriage and maybe get the best of, of all results, but, uh, you know, a lot of folks just don't want to have surgery. Dr. Sinta, what are your thoughts about surgical weight loss? So I, I think, um, you know, when you have someone who, well, first of all, I see more patients who have failed surgery than, um, than I do people who need surgery. So I, I think as bariatricians, we tend to actually take care of those who um, have gained the weight back for whatever reason. And uh, I think it's very important to understand that any surgery is going to um, be a, a significant risk. Uh, with bariatric, it's the mortality rate of 1% to 3%, and that's at centers of excellence, so worse at places that aren't. Um, and then a morbidity rate of 10 to 11%. So I think it's important that, um, that all the other uh, possibilities are exhausted first, including medical weight loss. So there's a place for it in those who have so much weight to lose that they can't get it all off medically. But, uh, but many people can. And, oh, by the way, it only takes 7 to 15% body weight loss to reverse diseases. So you don't have to drastically change your anatomy uh, through surgery to reverse the disease processes, which is why so many people want to lose weight in the first place. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think there's certainly uh, a role for both. And I, I'd just be curious to seeing uh, a bariatrician and a, a bariatric surgeon working in conjunction. It seems to me you might get really uh, terrific results long term and perhaps more rapidly than with uh, medical weight loss alone. But, that's, of course, at the, end, at the end of the day, this is a patient's decision. And I don't think either method is, is going to be going away anytime soon. So uh, and I think they, they can both be done safely and get good results. I, I think you're right. If you can get this done medically, if, if that's an option that sounds good to a patient, it probably is a good first step before jumping into the operating room. But you were talking about the importance of making changes. You know, during the break we were talking a little bit about this, and um, I think, uh, Dr. Sinta, you made the, the comment, or it might have been you, Dr. Premack, that getting surgery doesn't change things in the brain. And we were talking about making lifestyle changes, because you can have the, the operation, and Dr. Sinta, you mentioned you see a lot of people that failed surgery, simply because the behavioral uh, aspect of their life hasn't changed that they continue to try and, and overeat or to try and eat frequently, perhaps too frequently, even though they have you know, the smaller capacity each meal, they still get the calories in one way or another, and these other habits that have led to their obesity in the first place, uh, perhaps living a very sedentary lifestyle, etc., haven't gone away. That's an important bit, and to speak about that, I, I've got our next guest, I'd like to introduce him, uh, Jim White is a registered dietitian, and he's a, a health fitness specialist. He happens to be the nutrition advisor for Men's Fitness Magazine, and I'd like to welcome to the show. Jim, welcome to New Reflections. 
How you doing, Dr. Robinson? Thanks for having me on the show. It's it's a pleasure to have you. Now, if you've been listening to the first part of the show, the early part of the show, we talked about medical ways to help reduce weight. And your role in, in people's lives when you're counseling them and helping them is to try and help them make those changes in their lifestyle, to choose the right foods, to choose better eating patterns, and to help add a component of exercise that will get them from where they are to where they want to be. How often do you work with people that are using a bariatrician or, or, or attempting medical weight loss? Um, quite often. I mean, even this week I've had um, a client talk about um, bariatric surgery. And, uh, you know, I definitely think there's a time and a place for it. Um, we've, we've taken um, uh, pre-operations and post-operations. And, you know, you guys are talking about the, um, the behavioral modifications. I had a, a client probably around two months ago that had uh, bariatric. She lost 150 pounds. And, um she gained all of it back. She uh, she was eating small portions, but she was eating 26 uh, servings a day. And she got around the aspect of um, of, of the actual, you know, um, small eatings and uh, you know, didn't acquire any of the dumping syndromes and things like that. But, um, yeah, I definitely think the power of nutrition, and uh, that's where I really handle um, people uh, pre-surgery and getting them. We've seen miracles happen from nutrition and uh, exercise alone, but it definitely uh, it, it starts with uh, psychological aspects. Yeah, no question. And in talking about the things that we're talking about today with the medical weight loss using things like fentamine and uh, meal replacements, do you see your clients using these medical uh, adjuncts to help them get to their goal? Um, we, we do with some of our clients, uh, especially if they come um, from any uh, hospitals. Um, but, you know, a uh, majority of them will try to teach them um, long-term um, weight loss through, uh, you know, balancing meals, of course, exercising and, um, you know, getting into their uh, psychological needs. And uh, it, it does wonders. Um, it definitely uh, it takes an, uh, it, it takes a lot to get them to see um, the results they need. But once they... Um, you know, once they start to lose weight, it definitely has a, a great power to it. So what is the most common mistake? Speaking from a nutritionist's point of view, uh, as a registered dietitian, you're counseling people on what they're doing wrong and what they could be doing better. When you see these clients, what is the most common mistake that you see in people's dietary choices? I, I really think one of them is skipping meals. You know, uh, we see a big population that is overeating, but we're also seeing a um, huge population that's actually skipping meals where their metabolism's totally uh, slowing down. We have clients in 300, 400 pounds that only eat one or two meals a day, but, uh, you know, the meals are adding up to uh, three to 4,000 calories. So, you know, I think skipping meals is, is, is definitely um, uh, one of the big culprits that many people don't realize. And then, of course, portion sizes is, is, is outrageous. I think people, they think they know um, what they're eating. Um, as far as portion control, but they're not. I mean, if you, even if you eat uh, at a healthy restaurant, um, you know, a majority of the meals at any restaurant can go for anywhere from uh, six to 800 calories, even if they're healthy. So, you know, I think um, the combination of uh, lack of portion control and, um, you know, eating out, eating on the run um, are definitely um, a few of the big ones. Now, Dr. Sinta, earlier you mentioned, and, and Jim is touching on this subject, you mentioned that you see a lot of folks that, that think they're doing well, that are really limiting their diet, but still have trouble losing weight. How are you working with them in your practice to try and change that? 
so so people who are who think they have it is that what you mean those who well, well people people who who are eating you know very small meals maybe one or two meals a day really restricting themselves on their own but they come to you and say look doc I'm still 300 pounds I can't drop the weight when I'm eating such small amounts yeah I think it's so important I, I, I love the two points you just made about um, those who really are uh, chronic breakfast skippers and then three quarters of the day are under eaters. I think that is just such a shot in the foot when you um, when you just uh, bring your me- metabolism to a halt that way, and then when you do eat, all of a sudden now you're starving at nighttime, so you tend to overeat uh, that meal that you do eat or the two meals that you do. So one of the things we do is just really make sure that everybody uh, that we work with eats five times a day and um, a specific controlled amount of calories during those times with a, with a good chunk of protein in there. During the low-fat days, we really went high-carb, and now we've got to bring protein back, I think, to the forefront again so that we can use it to help us with satiety. So I think that's a huge component there um, from a nutritional standpoint. So, Jim, how do you feel about that, the five meals a day? Is that what you're recommending for your oh, that's You know, there's a lot of dieting strategies out there, and, of course, um, I think another big battle with the fat diets, we have clients that are you know, scared of carbohydrates. Um, they, you know, they're scared of fat. They're so confused from the mass media that's coming in and, um, you know, we have every single possible um, diet, you know, out there. So we have to retrain them. We have to have them almost brainwash them from everything they've learned and retrain them. But, yes, definitely the five small meals a day. In, in the um, Journal of Obesity, uh, they say that by skipping breakfast, you have a 450% chance of becoming obese. And uh, we see that every day of people, you know, running around, uh, busy at work, skipping meals to have huge amounts of portions for lunch, dinner, and late-night eating. That's amazing. You know, you think if you're limiting your calories and you skip a meal here or there, somehow that's going to help you lose weight, but it just doesn't seem to work for a lot of people. And, and it, it makes sense. You slow down your metabolism, you, you get your calories in, eat bigger meals otherwise, and you're just going to pack more away. We're going to be right back after one last commercial break. And when we come back, we'll get into a, a bigger discussion, maybe talk about uh, where, do, where, does, uh, where do kids fit into the mix? You know, when should we be having these discussions with children? We'll be right back after this short break talking more about medical weight loss here on New Reflections. Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health and Wellness. Cosmetic surgery is a big deal. If you need a coronary bypass procedure, you probably want someone you trust and not the biggest bargain in town. You might get more than you bargained for. This is your face and body we're talking about. Do your homework. My doctor trained with world-renowned plastic surgeons. My doctor is a fully board-certified plastic surgeon. My doctor is an MD and on staff at several Florida hospitals. My doctor is an associate professor of surgery at a major university. My doctor is Adam Rubenstein. People pick a doctor based on trust, and you can trust Dr. Rubenstein. He has the experience, knowledge, and artistic touch you're looking for. Call 305-792-7575. Call today for a free consultation in a multilingual office. That's 305-792-7575. Dr. Adam Rubenstein, Turnberry Plastic Surgery at Biscayne Boulevard and the William Lehman Causeway, where medicine meets artistry. My doctor is Adam Rubenstein. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening.
listening to New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein. If you have a question or comment for the host or this week's guests, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You can also send an email to info at dr-rubenstein.com. That's info at dr-rubenstein.com. Now, back to New Reflections. Welcome back to the show. We're having a great discussion about medical weight loss, and we've been speaking with uh, Dr. Craig Premack and Dr. Wendy Sinta, both bariatricians specializing in medical weight loss, and we just introduced Jim White, who's a registered dietitian and an expert in health fitness. And that's one thing we haven't talked about yet too much is exercise. Obviously, when we talk about behavior modification and decreasing or changing the eating patterns and the meal selections, that makes sense, and, and so does exercise. Exercise got to be an important component to burning the calories because, you know, losing weight is a matter of consuming less calories and burning more calories. That's how you're going to shed the pounds. And when it comes to burning more calories, exercise is the way. So, so Jim, what are some simple ways someone can help burn more calories, just simple exercise plans that anyone can get into? And I like that word you use, simple. I think, um, you know, if, 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 re- if viewers have not um, exercised, I think we need to take baby steps. You know, just exercising 30 minutes a day, um, whether it's walking, whether it's um, light jogging, dancing, yoga, Pilates, weight training, find anything that's going to get you moving and, and do that. And if it's only, if you can only do 10 minutes for a day, start off with that and gradually increase. You know, it's funny, we always talk about nutrition as being 80%. It's very important, which it is. But exercise uh, really gets you in the mood of, um, of, of, of weight loss. It really gets you excited. It, it increases those endorphins. It gets you more motivated. Um, and, and that's a big part of the piece um, that can solve the obesity problem. But what would you say about someone who does a lot of walking at work? You know, someone who maybe walks from building to building frequently. Or, you know, in my office, I've got this long hallway goes back and forth, and I must walk that, I don't know, 50, 60 times a day going back and forth seeing patients. Is that a realistic addition to burning calories, or are people fooling themselves and saying, hey, I walk a lot for work? Well, let's face it. I mean, you know, an hour of walking burns about 300 calories, so we can um, have that food for thought. I mean, you know, we can eat 300 calories so much easier. But, you know, it's a great start. Um, any little bit helps. Just by exercising, you know, and burning additional 100 calories, 200 calories a day, you can learn, uh, lose up to 10 pounds in a year. So, yeah, um, if you do that continuously and stay consistent on taking the elevators uh, or uh, dodging the elevators and taking the stairs and um, parking, you know, away from work and, having a walking program or a biking program, um, they definitely add up. All right, so simple starts and, and, and gradually increasing, that makes a lot of sense. But now speaking of simple starts, this problem doesn't start when you become an adult. Now certainly we, you, you all have patients that perhaps started gaining weight later in life, but as I mentioned at the top of the show, 17% of the children in the United States are considered obese. This is a problem. When should we be addressing this with kids? How often, Dr. Premack, how often do you see pediatric patients? I know you're, you're board certified in pediatrics. Do you see kids for weight loss? Yes, we do. We actually started a formal program back in the spring that'll treat kids, uh, going all the way down to, to childhood, but we start getting more aggressive with them as they get over the age of 12. 
Okay, and so at what age would you begin? Uh, I think general counseling can happen even when they're three, four, or five years old. No kidding. So you've seen even a three- or four-year-old in the office just giving them, kind of teaching them ways to, to do better? When you're three, four, or five, actually even under 12 years old, most of it will come from the parents. So it's, it's the child being there, uh, making sure that there's nothing else from the medical side going on, and then making gentle changes uh, that the parent can do. We, we don't talk about diets. We talk about eating healthy. We talk about more activity. We talk about less screen time. There's a mnemonic, 5210, five fruits or vegetables per day, two hours of screen time or less, which is including computers and, and TV time, one hour of activity, and zero sugar-sweetened beverages. That's a great formula. Uh, Dr. Sinta, are you seeing pediatrics in your office? I do. I, I have a, a program that I started about three years ago called Bounce, and um, so I, I see a lot of kids, and um, to touch on the idea of starting early, it's so important. Uh, at age four, there's a 20% chance that that child will be obese if they're obese at four, but if you wait till adolescence, it's 80%. So the sooner you can interject um, the process, the better. And uh, kids are so unique because of uh, that family piece. Um, you really have to focus on the family for that child to be successful. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, the kids aren't the ones going to the fridge and making their lunch and dinner, you know, every day. So it certainly comes from the parents. And I guess it's an important bit, but it's shocking how early this problem really begins. You talk about even as, as young as three or four years old, and it's a lifelong process. Uh, now, now, Jim, I know you had a, 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 a program you started for kids as well, didn't you? Yeah, we uh, started Coalition here in uh, Hampton Roads, Virginia Beach, um, with the schools, and you know, it's it's a full, it's 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 a, it's a huge problem. It's it's a something that you know, parents need to be involved, um, schools need to be involved, and but you know, I, I definitely think, um, definitely love what the doctor said about before age twelve, a lot of it has to do with the parents. We counsel the parents on what to do for their kids because a lot of them just don't know. Um, and we are seeing kids coming to our studio for, um, you know, lightweight training and um, sports um, at a very younger age, even as low as uh, eight years old. No kidding. Even you know, starting in sports training with the aspirations of getting into college and the pros, perhaps, even at that young age? Uh, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, just to get, and it's, it's all positive principles. It's, it's, you know, being role models. I think uh, we need to provide that, um, especially with the parents being role models for their kids. You know, we have a lot of obese parents bringing their kids in, and, you know, it, uh, you know it, we're seeing it. It's hard for us to, um, you know, we have a little minute, amount of time with them where their parents have a lot of time, and that's why we have to educate. We've got to get the parents down on the weight and having the good principles because it's going to stem off on our children. Well, yeah, I think I think we all agree that it, it definitely starts in childhood. And uh, for the, any of the parents out there that may be listening, make sure you're if if you take care of your kids, uh, you know you're the one setting their meals, you're the one showing them the habits, and try and instill good habits, keep them active. Because activity levels in kids with the sports programs in schools being cut are just getting lower and lower. So it's a very important thing to try and instill. And we can really improve things in the United States if we take an active role. Now, we've had a great discussion about all the different options, but I'm sure people out there are wondering, you know, this all sounds great, but what is it going to cost? So, Dr. Sinta, give us an average idea in your practice. Someone comes to you for the initial consultation. What's that consultation cost with, you know, all the, the labs and tests involved? And what is it going to cost to continue on the program? So it really depends. Uh, you know, with children, 
because you're spending more time counseling and, and less time being as, as active with, um, you know, the actual manipulation of the diet and things like that, most of my kids' programs, um, I see them usually um, every two weeks initially and then every month, and I can do that for about $150 a month. So, um, and now we're starting to get better coverage of this through insurance. With my adults, the blood work goes um, underneath their codes, and so the blood work is generally covered by insurance companies, so that doesn't tend to be an issue with people with insurance. I think that the, um, it, the issue is just getting the, um, the larger package uh, covered, but I think we're making headway on that as well. The um, Medicare now uh, is, is talking about covering intensive obesity counseling, which is huge. So, but the average cost for me, the initial physical, um, somewhere between somewhere around $500, and then um, if you do full meal replacements, it can be uh, short-term pretty expensive, but it's all the food. It's $150 a week on average with the uh, classes and everything else. And, um, and if you do something all food-based, it can be as little as $150 a month. So it really depends on how much of the, the food we're going to be including. Um, but I tell my patients, you're not grocery shopping. Um, you're reversing all these expensive comorbidities, and we will rally the insurance companies to make sure that they cover for you. Sure, and it's an investment in yourself. Uh, and Dr. Premack, does that sound pretty much in the ballpark for you? Uh, we do. We don't. Uh, probably the best thing to say is we don't run a package, and each person is individual. So uh, your first visit is somewhere about $200, and then it's about $50 a visit uh, after that. And um, Well, but the investments in medications and if they're using meal replacements, what's the average, say, monthly outlay for your average patient? Uh, well, many people are on multiple medicines that we stop right away. So many people are actually saving money. Uh, even if they use a full meal replacement plan, uh, they're probably spending about 15 or $16 a day in food that way, where if the average person eats lunch out for about $10 and has their Starbucks a day for 4 or $5, they're actually <laughs> potentially saving money on a weekly basis. Yeah, fair point, fair point. Well, it certainly sounds like a reasonable investment, and it, it, I think we all agree medical weight loss is a, probably the, a, a great step for people that have significant weight to lose. And getting to someone who's an expert and certified in bariatric medicine is the way to go. Seeing someone along with that package, like, like Jim White, who's a registered dietitian, someone who's an expert in health and fitness, is a wonderful adjunct and, and maybe even something you should get started with, even if you're not trying to lose weight. But for medical weight loss, see a board-certified bariatrician, someone who's certified in bariatric medicine, who's been doing it for a while and can offer you a broad range of testing a broad range of uh, modalities to help you lose the weight. Choose the plan that's best for you. It can be a very affordable and very effective way to lose weight. I want to thank my guest, Dr. Wendy Sinta, for coming on the show. Dr. Craig Premack, thanks for joining us. And Jim White, fantastic stuff this week. We're great having you all on the show. I hope, I'm sure we helped a lot of people. Our next episode is going to be called Shrink Wrap. Body contouring after weight loss. We'll talk about ways to get you across the finish line and improve your body image after shedding all the pounds you've been trying to shed. Thanks again to Dr. Sinta, to Dr. Premack, and to Jim White. Pleasure having you on the show. Join us again next week to talk about body contouring after weight loss here on New Reflections. We hope you stayed informed and entertained today on New Reflections. Please join your host, Dr. Adam Rubenstein, again next Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. You can also email the doctor at info at dr-rubenstein.com or visit his website at www. 
www.dr-rubenstein.com. And don't forget to join us next Saturday for new reflections on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a beautiful weekend. Thank you.